Hello and welcome along once more to the Irish F1 show, as always in association with PFT Travel, Tech and Tools, Rapco, KSNPM, Delivery, Richard Carney Engineering, Palastorage.ie. Get us on social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Irish F1 show. I do promise we will chat a little bit about F1 in a few moments time. I want to welcome on Mike Dermody, Richard Carney and Barry Rabbit. Barry, congratulations. The uh, six hour endurance race at the weekend resulted in victory for yourself. Shane and Keith, a marvellous achievement, lad. Um, I think, I don't know how much we touched on it last week in terms of what the expectations are for this race, how hard it is, and the sort of challenge that I suppose you guys kind of faced at the weekend because things didn't go well from a qualifying point of view. But um, you can talk us through it blow by blow, but also give us a bit of a general insight into into how grueling it is and so richie feel free to jump in here as well i know you were there as well and i know things probably didn't work out the way you would want them to work out but you also know how difficult this whole thing is so baz we'll, we'll start with you boss take it away all right thanks kev cheers um yeah it was it was look it was great to, to win it we've done it a couple of years was you know i've done it shane has done it keith's done it but we've never done it together on the one team so that was uh we decided this year we we absolutely do it this together um in memory of our uncle who passed earlier in the, in the year that uh, got us all into racing. So we decided we'd, we'd form a team together and to win it, it was kind of, you know, fairy tale stuff. So we were, we were thrilled to be honest, because uh, as you said, it's, it's a, it's a very, very difficult race. It takes so little for it to go wrong um, that it's a massive team effort. You know, there's three lads in the car, but there's probably, I'd say we had another eight or 10 lads in the, in the garage helping us out, you know, family and friends and stuff. So, um, it was, yeah, I mean, just to, to your point of how, how, how difficult it is, I suppose the first thing you have to bear in mind is all the cars are Fiestas, so you're all racing the, the same type of car, you know. So um, in, normally in endurance racing, there's there's a car advantages. There isn't really in the Fiesta race. Um, you know, like we were we were about a three quarters of a second off the pace on lap time, and we were 11th, you know, in, in, in terms of fastest laps. So uh it's a, it's just there's nowhere to hide it, it there so it's a case of getting everything else correct um it's a six hour race you have to do seven or eight fuel stops driver changes um swap your transponder over every lap swap your cameras over every lap to match the driver everything has to be matching even silly things like that you know you get a penalty if you pit speed in the pit lane by a kilometer an hour you get a pit lane you get a, a penalty um as richie found to his cost he did a leak in fuel cap penalty you know, it's just just so many trap falls um, that you can drop into. Never mind the actual driving bit and racing and everything else. So, it, you know, you have to be absolutely. You have to have a great team. You have to be have it nailed down. You need a bit of pace and you need a bit of strategy and you need a little bit of luck. Um, and thankfully, we had a bit of all of that. Um, and and a, and a good experience and um, from from doing it over the years and you know just just being around motorsport for so long and watching so much stuff. It's amazing what you pick up and can put to use. In, in stuff like that um and then on top of that you have the drivers um i think richie might help me here i think was there 70 something drivers across the, the grid richie or maybe might have even been more actually it might have been in, in the 80s cars entered, uh, three or four uh, in every car so you're, you're into the 70s um and and it, it's it's a it's a great race because what happens is you get a lot. It's not just the set. It's not just the Fiesta drivers that compete for it. You get lads coming into the class from all other classes. So, you know, you'd Richie there. You know, coming from his successful seasons in, in, into it. You know, multiple race winner, championship winner. Else, you've got all the way across the whole, the whole, uh, the whole grid. You've guys coming in. You've uh, with a couple of XF one drivers from the eighties, uh, Tommy Byrne and David Kennedy. Um, with an X man. Michael Fassbender, the actor, he was he and, Le Mans, and and as far as we're concerned, more more interesting Lamon driver, um, ELMS driver for Porsche. Um, he was out. Uh, we had an absolute who's who of Irish racing national drivers. With Michael Cullen and his son, uh, Michael is the na the Autosport National Driver of the Year for UK and Ireland, such as his victories this year, Irish guy. Um, then you had you know some of the sort of younger kind of quote-unquote professional drivers, Max Hart, Hyundai uh, works driver for uh, in China. He was out at a great dice for him for about 20 or 30 laps near the start. Uh, we had Marcus, to bring it back to F1, Marcus Ericsson's brother. Um, uh, he was, just his first name escapes me now, he was in the garage beside us. He was racing. 
uh, we had uh, Alex Denning, young driver of the year from a couple of years ago, racing in GT4s. I mean, just a massive, massive amount of, of uh, high-quality drivers and teams uh, duking it out. So it, it, it is, it's, they're fiestas, they're not quick or anything, but it's probably the most competitive race of the season. Um, so to win it is just, you know, it's great, to be honest. <laughs> Class and and especially when you say the year you're after having and uh, who you dedicated it to, I mean that's that's pretty special um, to to be able to pull that off. And then the other thing that strikes me, despite six hours of racing, you're pushed all the way. Like mm. <laughs> that's, that's just the mental. Thing. That's what it comes down to, even after six hours. Like, well, I, I actually talking to uh, a couple of the guys who have got like enjoyed like like um, the Ch- Ericsson's chap there. He was he was saying he done this, this you know. Barcelona, twenty four hours, and a few other things. He races Carrera Cup in Scandinavia. But uh, talking to other guys that have done endurance stuff and fast bender, I spoke to him a little bit, and he was, it's the pace, you know, not the speed because they're not quick, but they're all as quick as each other. So that's all that matters. But the pace of the weekend is just absolute flat out. It's a six hour qualifying session. Make no mistakes. Every lap you have you have to be absolutely on it. There's no such thing as driving around a second off the pace and conserving tires or anything else like that. Literally, from the lights go green until the six hours is up, every lap that every driver does is absolute qualifying 100%. Because if you're not, someone else is, and they're going to beat you. You know, so it's... it's it, it, And then, of course, you have all your pit stops, but your, your strategy, which is what... You know, at, how, at about two hours into it, we were only running... We'd only qualified 11 because we just didn't... The car was, you know, Kev Dorn from Division 88 Motorsport. He put the car together for us after it had been rebuilt for the end-of-season checks from regular racing. Um, and he had done an, an absolute mountain of work on it. But we were just lacking just a small little bit of pace, probably a half a second. Um, but there's nearly 300 laps, so that equates to about two laps of pace over six hours, you know. So we were just struggling. So we had to be a bit smart in the strategy. Um, and we did a few splash and dashes under safety car and won't give away all the hints but but basically we we, we jumped from about 6th or 7th at the 2 hour mark into the lead by just being clever on the pit stops and we had the lead then basically we, we didn't lose the lead at all then until the, the 6th hour but we won by 4 seconds after 6 hours and it was a safety car with about 2 laps to go which nearly ruined everything um, <laughs> but we were all right. We finished under under safety car, but we probably would have won by about ten seconds if it wasn't for the safety car. Uh, from Barables who were chasing us down on a slightly offset strategy. We were on an offset strategy, so they were chasing us down the last bit. So I was in the car for the last forty minutes, and every time I passed the pit wall, I got a pit board to say they were one second closer than to us, and uh, it was fairly nerve wracking stuff. I can tell you. And they but, don't uh, find the towel. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they've, they've won it a couple of years, you know. Um, the, the far of uh, did they win the last year? No, was it last? I think year? they might have won last year. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and then maybe even the year before or or this paper year, and they'd won it. So it's you know they 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 know how to win it. That's for sure. And they had probably the quickest car and pace, and you know three very quick and fast and consistent drivers. So <laughs> um, there was a bit of a tortoise and hare element to it. We didn't have the pace, um, but we weren't bad. Now don't get me wrong. We weren't like you know anywhere near the back or anything in terms of pace but we didn't have outright pace like the the top few had so the strategy got us there and then we had to just try and hang on um which is what we did which is as i said without the safety car probably about 10 seconds it would have been at the end of six hours which is pretty incredible you know mm-hmm. richie you came away frustrated uh just a little bit yeah just a little bit um <clears throat> the team i ran with you know i was their first year to do it um pretty much rookies today to this race this fiesta race um alan Byrne and his son jake that would be well known in irish motorsport for running cars and 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 being re- relatively successful at it. uh jake being a very good racer formula ford racer himself um but this just shows the level of this six hour fiesta endurance race that's held in Mondello every November like it 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 brings out the best of the best of Irish motorsport along with you know a whole host of others and um I'll just I'll just take this opportunity congratulations Barry and team delighted Cheers, man. um serious achievement to win that race I've done it with you before we've come close yeah never got there um it is like it's 
it's a it's a mind fuck of a race, really. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could you could have Fernando Alonso, Sebastian Vettel, and Max Verstappen on a team in the Fiesta endurance race, and those fuckers would probably end up last. You know that. <laughs> How mental this race is! It's it's crazy, like Gary. It's the you layers know? to it, isn't it, Richie? It's the so many, you know. It's the like. In one sense, you're saying that you win it in the pits because the least time you spend in the pits, the better. And you kind of have this in your head that oh, we're all more or less as quick as each other on the track. So, but then I was only doing some kind of figures just in my head there the other day. I was going, we were half a second off the pace, but just three hundred laps. Well, nearly yeah. 300. For round figures, there's a 289 or something. But, so say there's 300 laps. And even if you're only a half a second off the pace, which is nothing, that's obviously 150 seconds, which is two laps. You know, which is which is two laps of deficit just if you're ha- at the end of the race. All other things being equal, you'll be two laps down at the end of the six hours if you're half a second a lap slower than someone else. Like, so, what Barry I'd, touched on earlier, like they're 1.27... Uh, Z-Tech Fiestas, you know, 1,300 Fiestas, basically, um, with, like, 85, 87 horsepower. Barry's probably at about 95, but won't <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely didn't. I get to, I'll get. show you the speed trap report to prove that one. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that type of endurance race with, like, you know, let the slow cars, but they're so, like, there's a knack to driving them. There's, there's a knack to getting a time of them. Car obviously has to be decent. Like, we were, we were the same in qualifying as Barry. Like, we were three quarters of a second off. And uh, in damn, some strange reason, in damn conditions, I was as quick as anyone. But once I tried up, we just fell away. You know, we were just putting it down to maybe engine needs a bit of a freshen up or whatever but uh but just to put it into perspective and how big of it of an achievement this was for Barry, Shane, Keith and his family and team to win the race. Like you know, me and Barry have won this race with like what you would call like a professional team back in the day, if you know what I mean. We had mechanics, blah blah blah. It was you know, and we didn't manage to win it like and we had really good drivers as well. But like that, I think, was it a uh, bursted power steering pipe on us that year? We were 27 seconds in the lead. We were nicely in the lead and the power steering pipe burst, yeah. Yeah, and then that, that yeah. was it, game over, really. By the time and, you change, you see, the thing is, the smallest thing you change and you're all, you're, you're done because someone else will go just as quick as you and won't have a problem, so they'll just win. That's the fine margins I'm talking about, and that's the fine margins that the lads... I won't say we're lucky enough not to have that trouble. The work went in before the race. But, like, yeah. something that simple can finish your day. And thankfully for Rabbit Brothers Racing, nothing like that went wrong. And, like I say, congratulations, lads. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, Mike, I, I just want to bring you in here because I could see, you know, Barry was presenting some theories on where people view these races as going right and wrong and one of the things he said there was sometimes it's won and lost in the pits i can see you shaking your head do you want to do you want to elaborate you've got a, a, a different theory I, I suppose on it have you no not at all i mean for me the two things here are, are uh the, the car has to stay going so you have to put the work in the, in the prep to make sure it stays going and consistency is everything you know uh, barry proved that by being consistent having a really good strategy uh, and sticking to the plan, right, and yeah. not 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 getting panicked if you, you suddenly find yourself falling off or whatever, because anything can happen. Just just being patient can actually do the job. I mean, I've had the pleasure of red driving in the six hour myself once, and um, I can tell you, I, I also would like to say well done to Barry and the lads. Uh, I know them well, and they're a great bunch of lads, and they do deserve this because it's not an easy race to win, as Richard has alluded to, and. Um, it really is about it's about being consistent it's about having a plan it's about sticking to it and it's the irony of it is is it's probably the one time in motorsport when you take to the track when you do think team yeah yeah well i think that's it just it, you know th- thanks for that mike but it, it, it is it's um 
it's endurance and you have to you know it's a team team effort and you have to leave the kind of the ego at the at, at the door so to speak because um you know like you you, you don't want to be in it i've been in it done it other years where it's kind of like oh well it's my turn to get 10 laps and qualify now and like it doesn't make sense for you you know it makes sense to leave the guy that's in it in it and finish off qualifying because you know it might be a damp and dry and track and yeah. he's got the track knowledge and you go in now when the track's at its best and you have to spend five laps learning what he already knows so you know it's not about the single person it's about the overall team and and you know thankfully with the two lads we we, we understood that we got it you know there's no we're always asked like who's the quickest who's the quickest the three rabbits who's the quickest da, 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 da. we kind of thought we look all more or less the same and the, the funny thing was the the lap times came out at the weekend and showed it. Like to be fair, Paul Grogan with timing.ie, like the amount of data that they produce, and the, you know there was eight timing screens available to every garage. So you could see like track position and pit stop and stint time and all that. So there's a lot of information at the end of it. And um, the three, I uh, basically there was one tenth between myself and Shane. I I I did have the fastest lap of the three oh. of us. Yeah, but by a massive one tenth over Shane, and Keith was in the middle. So there you go, over <laughs> over a hundred and something laps each that we all produced yeah. a lap um within hundreds of each other, like you know, and that that helps because there's no there's no one there trying to prove one is quicker than the other. You just do what's right to win the race, and you know sometimes that meant I got in the car, and sometimes that meant Keith got in the car, and sometimes it meant Shane got in the car, um, and you know it's the result that you're going for. It's not you're you're not trying to beat each other. You're trying to beat you know the other seventy lads or whatever. But that doesn't always happen, and it's easier said than done, depending on, on who's on who's on the team. Last question on it, lads. What are you doing in the time that you're not in the car? What do you spend your time doing? Panicking. <laughs> Lots of different stuff. Um, and how long are you in and out at any given time, actually, is what I should have asked as well there. Depends on the team size, really, and the amount of drivers. So Barry's There's team a minimum amount of time you've got to spend, obviously, is there? 45 uh, minutes is the maximum stint time. The maximum, okay. yeah. It's a maximum. There's no minimum, but you must you must be in the car for no more than forty five minutes, and if you're and you must be out of it for at least thirty minutes before you can get back into it again. Yeah, and right. no one no one driver can do more than three hours. I think so. You know, you have to. In other words, you have to kind of share it out fairly evenly, and yeah, you can yeah. do it with three or you can do it with four drivers. We chose three, but you can do it with four also. Mm-hmm. So, four, I think three is the magic number, really. Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to do any extra any extra driver changes than you need to. So the theory is to to do because obviously you do forty five minutes times say eight. That's that's three hours. But you have to nail that. Yeah, you know if you if you stop one guy a little bit early, you might have to do a stop with three minutes to go at the end. Um, yeah. So you, you have to be really really, and if you go over your stint time by a second, it's a penalty. So you have yeah. to you have to push it now. And in, in actual fact, the irony of the whole thing was we did. I think the guys in second place did eight pit stops and we did something like 15. So there's a, yeah, but it's how you do them and when you do them, there's a bit to it. So that's where the strategy that Mike alluded to comes into it. So we, we were kind of rolling the dice a few times and trying to, to to use safety cars to our advantage and, you know, different things like that. So it's not, it's not just as straightforward as, you know, there's no, there's no fixed formula to it. Yeah. You, no. you know, you can go in with the best of plans, but you have to be able to, to, you know, we, we did have a plan and we have executed it close enough to what the plan was, but you have to manipulate and change as you as you go along, depending on the circumstances. So, oh look, it's a great event. It's it gets it gets people, it gets you know all sorts of people coming out and racing in it. You know, you get guys there like we're at the sharp end, but like to Richie and that be at sharp end. But you know, there's loads of guys that and teams that put it together and just come down for the sheer. I won't even say the fun of it. To get to the end is a massive accomplishment yeah. of any description, you know. To get to the end and be anywhere placed is 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 it doesn't happen by accident. Um, I seen people not this year now, but I seen in the past like companies, the old company come down and rent a drive and do it as a, like a team building exercise, you know, because it it really is. It's there's a lot to it. Like there really is an awful lot to it. So you get people that just come over and just do it for the sheer fun of it and the and the, the test, you know, the test of it. To, to, and and then obviously there's, you know, there's others that that are going for the outright win as well. So well, it's a great event. It's um, it's it's it came up. Oh, how long are running now, Richie? About seven or eight years, is it? Yeah, it's about it's definitely seven or eight years. And just just to touch on Barry's point, there, right? Uh, 
there were two garages down from me. So Mandela had their own team, right? Um, <laughs> none of them really outright racers in their own right. They work at the circuit. You know, John Rock yep. does recovery. You know, a couple of the other guys there, they, they work at the circuit. Um, those guys completed the six hours. And in those six hours, they got towed in, I think, four times. Changed the gearbox and the drive shaft, like went. They didn't give up. Heading back, mm. but used to rest, mm. and that's yeah. so much cheap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. it. It's a great event. We'll have to do a Irish F one show team one of the years or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll try on a few fourteen ounce surlines or something, lads. <laughs> <laughs> We were only saying that. All joking aside, we were only at, at the end on Sunday evening and then Monday. I, 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 um, it's, it's again, it's a fiesta in November, but the sweat you leave behind you is unnatural. It's just, you know, I don't know why. I, anyway, um, the same sweat at a fiesta in Mexico as you, yeah, yeah, just, just, just empty, like just this. And Friday evening, um, well, the, the, the funny bit of us, I, I, the the Irish Sports Council were there, so I had to do a, uh, what you call it a, a, a dope test at the end of it you know so they, they come along to you and they say um they, they present, you with, present you with a cup <laughs> you and you have piss in this and you're having enough to spit not, in it not a drop <laughs> they'll hand you this cup like you know like the little cup you get like at a say in a you know the ballygown water machine like the little plastic about that size and it's saying yeah. just if you could just fill that for me and you're like no chance pal the last thing I did before I got into the car was was head to the little boys' room, and then I sweated whatever was in me out of me, so it's not happening. So you end up there was there was the top three. There was myself, um, Rob Barbell and Michael Cullen. We were we were after racing out on the track, and then we were sitting in a room trying to race each other to see who could drink the most water and fill the cup first and get down to the bar. So, <laughs> oh, it was uh, yeah, but in, in in any case, we were always to your point about the stakes and stuff. You find yourself at the end of the race going, I haven't eaten, I haven't drank anything of note, like and we were we were laughing. We were like we twelve people there, and every time the car came in, there'd be someone checking the tire pressures. Oh, it's okay, yeah. It's the it's the water temperature, we've enough fuel in it, is the windscreen clean, you know, is that mirrors on all right. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the three drivers are like shriveling up <laughs> in the corner yeah, yeah. with no food, no not even mm-hmm. a, a biscuit, no water, dehydrated, and it's just typical. Maybe it's just blokes, you know. The car was Hundreds of people like, keeping looking after the cars. I wouldn't say there was one person making sure any of the drivers had eaten or drank for the whole day. That's that's not normal, Barry. That does that just doesn't happen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. for, for this race weekend, like you, you hit Mandela Saturday morning, and it's like full metal jacket till ten o'clock the following Sunday night. Like it's just yeah, it's testing everything. Austin, it's yeah, you know, like. I got that dope test, dope test as well, and I passed it with flying colours, and that's stupid. But anyway, um, <laughs> I love the way it's called a dope test. <laughs> what are they actually called? I said they're drug tests, lads, are they? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't no. need to piss into a bottle for the missus to call me a fucking dope, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that by just looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But guys, just think about it, though, right? Just think about it. the one of the real winners here, and no one ever talks about it, is the fantastic little Ford Fiesta that lads would dismiss. It really, is. really uh, dis- yeah. they dismiss them. And even even when you go racing them, we, we love watching the Fiestas because they're so competitive. And from the front to the back, there's real real racing compared to some of the say some of the other grids. But these things took this punishment not just for the six hours of the race, but through qualifying, through testing the day before, probably through a track day for guys who were trying to get used to them. Because there's an act to driving them, as the two lads will tell you. They're not the simplest little thing in the world. There's a little no. bit of time needed to figure them out, you know. But mm. There genuinely is. The, so, like the, the, the first year of them, like I remember. Hmm? I think the, I think the first year of them. I don't know whether I think Richie, you did it with us, didn't you? The very first year, and you were driving with me and. There was there was a nice few lads over there. Was, I, I remember the top five or six was uh, was Colin Turkington, British touring car mm-hmm. multiple champion. He was out there. Aaron Smith, touring car driver, race winner. Um, there was a few others. Owen Murray done a bit of touring cars, a bit of European stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was there. Who who else was it? There was uh, another yeah, f- the, the Vanny, I think. 
Wayne Boy, maybe there was a few. Well, Wayne Boy was with us, wasn't he that year? He was. Yeah, well, he was with us, but he was against. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. They, um, but anyway, the, the top, the, the point of it was that everyone was kind of talking about how you know we, we this year. I think the fastest has only done a season or two a sprint race, and this was the first six hour race. And the whole kind of chat around the place was, we'll have to take it handy on them and be sure you're there at the end and kind of, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint sort of thing, and we'll have to be real handy. And I'll never forget, I was sitting, I was sixth, and I the aforementioned guys, the the Turkingtons, the Smiths, Murrays, a whole lot of them ahead of me, knocking every corner off the yokes against each other, over the curves, on the grass. This is the first 20 minutes of the race. Like, absolutely going hand over fist like it was the last lap of the Leinster Trophy. Like, just absolutely, just, to, to never, I remember just sitting in sixth, like about a, a second behind them. And I did, to be fair, I had the pace to get in amongst them. I just went, I'm not going up there. Like, it's just going, it's just carnage. They're going to all break. And then towards the end of the stint, they were all still going. I said, right, well, that's it then. We may get we may get involved. And the whole six-hour race with, with those and us and everything else went like that. That was the very first year of it. And thereafter, everyone realized, right, to hell with this kind of sitting back and, you know, make sure the cars... You know, they will take six hours of absolute abuse yep. from... You know, as I said, you know, professional drivers of Turkington's mm. ilk, like, you know, um, they will take six hours of that and very, very few of them stop, you know. Yeah. Um, over the years, they have a few Achilles heels. The back left wheel burn doesn't like it after about five hours. Normally, and you can you can hear that in, in, in our one in particular. I could hear it over the engine on the last stint. The, the wheel burn was about to fall over. A few other, you get the odd one will blow an engine or something. But generally speaking... 90 odd percent of them finish after six hours of absolute torture which is yeah. you know yeah. I think I think Ford Ireland should come on board and it'd be the best advertising they'd ever get for their yeah. it's an old car admittedly but for their brand in general yeah now ours did torture. throw Lego with a bed about three and a half hours in the year we done it but uh, that yeah. was the boost though Mick it was the boost you had up too high <laughs> 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 well boys I tell you <laughs> I can attest to your theory as well, right? Because the very first car I had, I still remember, 00D26137 was one of those little Fiestas. Uh, when did I get out of for seven years? And that took some abuse. Right. Because obviously, when you started driving, you probably do things that you you mightn't do nowadays. Uh, Did you know you and Modelo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> like, like you're, uh, you're up for four or 5,000 revs. It's uh, heading for... Whatever eight kilometers an hour, and you're still in second gear type of thing, like, and they ought to still doesn't blow. It'd be best blow every fucking engine valve in it and do other things. And in the end, I think we put a clutch in it eventually after seven years, which wasn't bad. Oh. And um, uh, a few, yeah, run of the mill stuff, as you say, bearings and links and, and different things. But that took serious abuse. I know it's different on a circuit, right? No, but, but it's still, it's you the look same. at the roads that we're on, um, yeah. you know, and it did hit a few potholes as well every now and then, I might add. Um, they're yeah, simple, geez. effective little cars, you know. You have to. It's. Yeah. And I've often thought, looked for. To be honest yeah. with you, I've thought about this, guys. I, I, I'm mad to find the fucking thing because I think we got it for five hundred quid. It was an absolute steal, and sold it. Whatever it was, only I sold it for a couple of hundred. I sold it for a couple of hundred, uh, genuinely, because I knew the lad. But he's. I must ask him who he sold it to, because I'd love to get the fucking thing. You back. won't find one. There, you go what? on the done deal now and search Fiesta Z Tech of that era that we're talking about because there's certain I don't know the years offhand but late 90s early zeros let's say you won't find one they're gone yeah they've all because every one of them that's out there has been snapped up there was probably there's probably been about 50 fiestas built for Mandelo over it because you know a certain amount of them do die spectacularly in some cases um so (laughs) they they, (laughs) balls of flames and upside down and everything but they they they're they're snapped up because um there's a limited supply of them and yeah they the, the the championship of the class in Mandela was has been fairly uh, instrumental in their demise in terms of mm. done de- deal and Facebook marketplace numbers. You won't you won't find them. They're they're, mm. they're they've all been used up. And I think actually like to be fair that when the, when the six hour started first, there was you know bigger grids just because there was more cars available. I think that's the, the yeah. limiting factor now is that just there's a there's a limited supply in them. Richie, we want to come in there. No, I was just going to say the hardship you give your car over a seven-year period. That's what they get over a six-hour period on a Sunday <laughs> yeah. evening. Yeah, probably it's probably it's probably equivalent, all right. Yeah, it's 
Good yeah, on you. Daddy, Daddy was saying when I went because I had this, I don't know why now, I had this fucking mahogany dashboard. I, it wasn't even proper mahogany, but he was like, I choose the mahogany dashboard. He had a fierce attachment to this fucking car. It's mad. <laughs> but anyway, um, what do you call it? I suppose we'll talk about the second biggest show in town over the weekend, which was the Brazilian Grand Prix. <laughs> 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 um, and Baz, congratulations again. Fair play. Nice, it's a massive Thank achievement. You. It, is, it is brilliant. But we'll, we'll turn our attention to, to Brazil. Well, while the guys were, were flat out and they have watched it back afterwards, of course, Mike is the man that kept the close eye on it as events were happening, as did I. But uh, I'm by no means an expert on any of this stuff. The lads are obviously brought in there for, for, for their expertise from that background. Um, Mike, I, I'm not quite sure where's the best place to start because I think as a general point I wanted to bring up, it's not the most important point definitely on the list. But down through the years, I think it's not a bad place actually to start. Brazil has always thrown up a bit of entertainment and I think this weekend was no different Um, if you look at the whole weekend now we're not just talking about the race itself there's a certain mm-hmm. level of excitement the layout of the track probably has something to do with that but you go back through the years and indeed back through the decades just, it's always thrown up something for me it didn't disappoint I actually quite enjoyed the weekend what did you make of Mike? Yeah I'd have to agree I mean uh, if we talk if we just talk about the main race for a moment um, and we look at you know the the, the first start, as we call it, you know, Lando was sitting back in sixth and, and uh, he got the start of his life and he got the run on all the lads and himself and, and Max had a go at one another into turn two. But then he had the sense to leave it off. and He wasn't going to sit there for long anyway. And they just drove off. But the rest of the the rest of the pack actually raced for most of the race. And, you know, the, the middle of the field, they were they were swapping and dicing and and, and there was some. There was some unusual or unexpected uh, turn of events in there, and I mean, there was, there was uh, the, the 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 smash at turn one on the first lap uh, uh, was was fairly spectacular if you think about it. I mean, um, you had Albon got a great start, went up the inside of Hulkenberg, was past Hulkenberg, uh, Hulkenberg's teammate came down the outside of him, didn't realise where Albon was, went to move in, pushed Hulkenberg into him. The next thing. They're, 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 they're hitting each other and Hulkenberg managed to come out with a sandwich in the middle ironically with no da- mm. with very little damage as they're driving Albon is in flitters and so is Magnussen and in, lo- and in the middle of that they tag Piastri and crack his rear wing so he's bollocks Oops, sorry and, <laughs> and then and then the tire that gets, the tire that gets rips off Magnussen's car goes bouncing in the air like Zebedee on speed right and comes down <laughs> vertically and strikes Ricardo's ring and if he had been a, a, a meter either way could have struck him on the head and God knows what that would have done, right? Yeah. But, so so now you have two cars back in the pits, poor call on their part that they didn't, that they came in when they did rather than finish the lap they were on because it meant that they had to start from pit lane uh, because the they ended up, yeah, the, 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 uh, Ricciardo actually believed he would be put back on the lead lap but he didn't actually think about what he'd done so he couldn't be, Right. So that that's that's after we've had the spectacular incident of Leclerc in the warm up lap, and we saw nothing until we saw him buried in the barrier. And we're thinking he didn't bin it on the green flag, and then they went back and looked at it, and he'd had a hydraulic fail. And you're thinking, Jesus, that would have been egg on his face all over, you know? You could see that. I see it when he when he um, it showed the onboard. It was a camera looking back at him, yeah, um, as he lost it, and you could see. Just you know, again, maybe the, the the eyes of experience, whatever. You could see the steering wheel; he just couldn't turn it. It obviously no. just locked up, and all his power steering had gone. And it just yeah. you could just see the effort going into the wheel; it wasn't going anywhere. And mm. it, but it did look yeah. like he just threw it off all on his own to start with. It did, it did, yeah. The initial reaction was that our feeling was that, and you're thinking, Jesus. But uh, you know, and and then the race develops, and and you you see, you know, you see a couple of things there, and you know, I know you guys talked about Danny Rick. The last show, and you know, the, the couple of Grand Prix before that, he was suddenly being looked at as uh, in a great light. And I know you guys made the point that swat one swallow doesn't make the summer, but Yuki Sonoda had him in his pocket all weekend, lads. Had him in his pocket all weekend without without going into any and without pulling off anything spectacular. So there's a bit of work for Danny Rick to do. Um, See, as as we said, Mike, that they the, the margins are so tight this year. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's tens and hundreds in many cases that are that are splitting yeah. rows and you know front yeah. of the grid and Q three or Q one kind of thing and mm-hmm. you know just just as I said at the time you know Ricardo getting into Q one and getting a good show and you know 
we can talk about it. It's good, but equally, you know, when he has a bad weekend, he's going to be in Q Q three or sorry in Q one and not in Q three, I should say. And we, you know, if 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 we're gonna if we're gonna hype him up for being at the front of the grid, we need to then you know downgrade him for being at the back. Or the reality of it is, is we should just be a little bit more even keeled with it and go. Look, he's just found a tent this weekend. He's lost a tent next weekend, and I apply that to the whole grid. You know, to yeah. all of them basically yeah. that they're all and and because we can see it, it's just ups and downs. You know, obviously if you're Verstappen's at the front and all the rest of it, but even Verstappen, yeah. you know, he's anytime he puts it on pole, which is a lot, it's not by chunks of seconds. I mean, I remember yeah. watching F1 back in the nineties and stuff, and it could be two seconds between the first guy on pole and the guy in seconds yeah. in the same car. Yeah. Well, Lando, Lando won't intervene for a moment. Sprint. Sorry, guys. Sport Ireland okay. just called, and I have to go for a dope test. So, you boys work away. I'll join the conversation in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the way. I thought they had my results, and they were coming to get me. Yeah, but like you're, you're right, Barry, because Lando actually took Paul for the sprint race. Yeah, yeah, because it was it, it, it was so fine. Well, the race is, now the race car that Verstappen has seems to be, you know, doing the business, and of course, you know. It's not a bad lie that's there in it either, but it's just yeah. so tight that 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 thing like uh, Aston Martin, Alonso, and and Stroll, yeah. you know, yeah. Stroll Very was P three in the sprint race qualifying, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, you know, and was, yeah. you know, a couple of weekends ago we were saying he should, you know, he needs to go off Quick. and play tennis or whatever he was doing. Yeah. So, so like we, yeah. I think, I think we're not used to that. I think you know when I say we, I mean the royal we, the kind of the followers of F one, the. You know, journalists and fans alike, everything else that they're not used to the 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 the, the grid or the order being so topsy turvy, um, because generally speaking, you know, you, what's it Brundle's lines like the, the the Noah's Ark, you know, two by two by two, the the, the two Ferraris, the two McLarens, the two whatever, you know, and and everyone has their place, and it doesn't really change from weekend to next. Yeah, it's not it's not like that this year, you know, and it's 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 throwing people. We did say last weekend about Ricardo, you know, and good showing, good qualifying. And we said, listen, let's not get too carried away here. Circuit might suit with the car. Won't take anything away from him. Good qualifying, good showing, all the rest. Um, but on the same weekend, Lewis, with another two or three laps, might have won that race last weekend. Yeah. Mm. And you mm. fast forward. Like you said, Barry, you fast forward to this weekend. Yeah, they're nowhere. Obviously, both, both guys we just spoke about were nowhere. Nowhere. Miles off the pace. Yeah. So, I, I had the impression on that, Richard, that that Mercedes perhaps, because because they didn't have the time, because it was another sprint race and they had one session before they locked in the settings on the car, that they were afraid of risking another maybe disqualification by running at a touch too low. And I think I just have the impression it's just me. But I think that that was that contributed to their poor performance this weekend. That they locked in that setting, and maybe it just didn't suit them as well as it had the previous weekend. Yeah, without the I extra practice sessions, could not suit the car either. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 um, I think it's just I think it's just the nature of the the circuit or the cars just being so close to each other now that the time in the past you you know. If you had an off weekend, you might have still qualified on the third row. You'd just have been closer to the fourth row than you were the second row. Whereas yeah. now, if you've an off weekend, you're you're gone. You're back three three or four rows, and and someone else who kind of you know benefits from that and maybe having a bit of a purple patch themselves, they jump forward. So it's yeah. I think it's great, you know. But it, it definitely it 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 turns it turns some of the previous. Um, Ways of looking at F one on its head a little bit, so people have to kind of come out with a with a with a you know a more. But the, the proof of that, I think, Barry, is if you look at the, but if you take if you take Max and Red Bull out of the equation and you look at both the drivers' championship mm. and more importantly the constructors' championship, there's two races left, and there's teams with an awful lot to drive for here still in terms yeah. of where they finish and what that means to them financially. Yeah, yeah, and and, and no and. We don't know what, you know, are they going to, you know, are, when we go to the, we, well, this Vegas next, like no one knows anything about Vegas at all. Another street. Looks like, other than the yeah. track looks like a pig upside down, which I keep seeing everywhere. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that track lap. It literally looks like a trot of a pig on its back. But anyway, yeah. um, it's, it, who's going to be quick there? We've no idea. Absolutely no idea. 
So normally you'd be going into a weekend with a fair idea of what 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 what's going to happen. For stopping aside, winning, we just don't know. We really just don't know. So more of that, please. Well, you know, Mercedes. Uh, there's 19 points between Mercedes and Ferrari for for P2 in the in the in the constructors championship. Nothing. 19, nothing. You know, uh, Aston Martin are only uh, at 19 points again, or 20 points behind. Uh, Mercedes as well so there's McLaren you know, Mercedes, are, Mercedes are the sandwich in the middle here they could either do really well and pip Ferrari but they could also be caught by by uh, another performance like Aston Martin had this weekend if they're not careful yeah yeah, yeah. And, the, beauty, the beauty of it at the moment is you have the Ferraris that are savagely quick over one lap the Hasses mm. are quick over one lap which yeah. offset qualifying it, it totally upsets qualifying yeah you know you have the Williams that's seriously quick over a handful of laps um you know and then you have Red Bull that's quick over numerous laps one lap 20 but laps, only in one driver's hands yeah 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 the other guy struggled so yeah that's that's really like has made it so interesting this year where, like, you know, we've had a Haas in quality three, I'd say, more times than not this season. I, I, I don't know what the exact figure is, but um, Williams have come on. Alpine, like, they've all come on. Like, when when have we ever watched F1 before where we get to quality three and the top ten is covered by a second? Basically. Oh, I I can't remember it to be perfectly honest. No. Which is as long as I can remember, I can't be that close. Never. Did speaking of Alpine guys, did any of you see the situation? Um, it, I think it was in, it was in um, quali for the sprint race on Saturday afternoon between Alonso and Ocon. Yeah. It, um. Oh, yeah, like it was, uh, Alonso. Alonso spawn and caught Ocon as he went by him, or was the other way around? I did see it. No, it was it was it was the other way around. Ocon yeah. was on a hot lap and he needed a, he needed a decent time. Right. And Alonso Alonso was on his sort of cool down lap and he positioned the car slightly centre, but Ocon kind of got the tail end a little bit fishy. Tried to collect it, was in the wrong place, and clattered it with the throttle open. Clattered Alonso and basically just made shite of his car. Yeah. And, was screaming about Alonso, even though he got the car out of shape, you know, <laughs> and sort of Alonso didn't leave him space. And I don't know if you saw Alonso's comment after the afterwards or even yesterday, where he basically said he's still the same guy. He still gives out about everybody and can't see the fault in his own driving, you know. Yeah, well, they they didn't come out of Alpine as best of buddies anyway. Those two, did they? No, they didn't. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no love but lost there. By 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 no way was Alonso in the wrong here. He left loads of room for yeah. Ocon to take yeah. his racing in and continue on his lap. Ocon takes too much curve, so he comes through turn one, yeah, through turn two, and you know the way Barry turn like you yeah, come down the hill, like, yeah. So it's an S. So he takes the curve on the right, and just as he tries to get to the left. He just takes like an inch too much curb, right? And the car just the car sits up in the rear on him, so he mm. corrects it, and it comes again. And Alonso is just sitting there. Ocon's rear wheel drives straight over Alonso's front wheel. Mm. He ends up in the barrier. Alonso is sitting there and he's like, "What the fuck has just happened here?" <laughs> and Ocon is on the radio and he's like, "Oh fucking Alonso, man! Fucking Alonso!" Like. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hit him. Don't fuck until you see the replay. Yes, yeah, but we've always said it. Hmm. We need to, they need to get a sticker on the dash or something. Say nothing until you see the replay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And when yeah, you see I, when you see the replay when you see it from the camera inside Ocon's car, it's exactly as Richard described it. And you're thinking, Jesus, man, you know, you were a bit premature screaming there, boy. You know, and I don't, maybe he's going on, but you know. The dirty air off Alonso's car or something, but sure, that's irrelevant. That's that's for him to deal with. It's not for everyone else to to avoid it. So, 
Hard to see uh, it now. Hard to see it. Alonso wasn't going fast enough to make two to air that dirty. To be fair, to right? Him. Okay. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> about twenty-five seconds at this stage. He was just like at the bottom of that S. Yeah. Turn one. To yeah, yeah. Turn well away. Well away. He's mm. like, no, he's like, great. He's on the way back to the pits. Next thing, boom! How and all where your man comes and leans. It's about over, yeah. out about. <laughs> yeah, he's had a slip in the popularity charts, and yeah. there was a portrayal of, of of pity for him once upon a time. But I think maybe there's a different perception now as we've come to see over the past couple of years. Um, I'm not going to spend too much more time on that, but I would like to talk to talk to you about, I should say, is um, Alonso and Perez and that little duel in battle. And I don't know if you've uh, been talking about that while I went for the dope test. No. Um, I've received a three-year ban from podcasting, which our listeners would probably be happy about. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the, the duel was actually quite entertaining, I thought, um, between, between those two. And Mike, I know you saw this coverage as well when Karun was talking yeah. about Alonso's tactics and he, he deviated from the typical racing line to buy himself a little bit more time on the exit. I can't think of which corner it was, but obviously yeah. there was meta to the madness there, Mike. Oh, there was, of course, because what he tried, what he was doing was he was he was getting the power down a little bit earlier. He was slightly out of position, but what he was doing is he was forcing Perez to go quicker to the point that Perez actually outbraked himself, which gave him the opportunity to get back around him with a lap to go. And he had the DRS as well, and he timed it perfectly so that Perez, Perez got past him um, and he, he he pushed, 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 and he made sure like that the pressure was on at the point where he was going to get the benefit of the DRS once Perez had outbraked himself. And he just he just set it up. And to say no, he's a crafty old fox is putting it mildly. Like it was the brain, it was fantastic thinking, but it was also superb driving. And to the, both their credits, like they they actually went at it, but and, and when they crossed the line, like you know, there wasn't a cigarette paper between them, but it was they, they made sure not that they left each other just enough space to do it and do it right. Um, probably the best two laps of racing that we've probably seen in any any race this year. I think to be fair, certainly close to it. Certainly close to it. It was it was really really good driving now. And and I suppose from Perez's point of view, he started ninth if I'm not mistaken. So he had a bit of work to do, and he had a hell of a job getting past Russell in the first instance. Um, and he struggled as well. He struggled as well. Um, to, to, he took a long time getting to where he got to, and uh, and he was he was probably twenty or two or three laps sitting behind Alonso, trying to figure out how to get past him, right? <laughs> because Alonso just put the car everywhere and anywhere, and he just he made it impossible for him. He was just you remember like when he stopped Hamilton that time, and Hamilton got frustrated because. He just couldn't pass him. It was that sort of driving. It was the best defensive drive you'll see in a long time, guys. And he was probably—I don't know how he was now when he's feet after. Because you know, when you're when you're when you're like naughty and your head is you're trying to split your face and two to look in both mirrors at the same time and still still drive the car. Like it's not easy, you know. And, and it was. Mike, be honest. We've yeah. often seen little Formula Renault in Mandela hold off World Series and F3s. Yeah. We have. Uh, so I think we if have. there's anyone that I can explain yeah. how Alonso done what he done, Mr. Rabbit, step forward. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to put me on the spot, Richie. Um, I, I, I suppose the, the, the funny thing about it is is that it's it, it was great to see. I, I wholeheartedly agree with, with Mike. It was, you know, you know Alonso's you know, class and talent just coming to the fore for sure, no doubt about it. It it it's a little bit sad that it's 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 as big a deal as it is, and I think it is that because it's such a rarity, and that's the sad bit. Not to put a downer on the whole thing, but you know, it's not. It 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 was phenomenal. Don't get me wrong; it was great in F one terms, but it wasn't exceptional in racing terms. It's stuff that we would see quite often. I think I think it's this bloody we're going on the DRS bandwagon again here it's it's the, it's what trs has robbed of us you know mm. what we've seen at the last couple of laps of brazil with as mike just you know pointed out and explained to us um about what was going on so well that it's that's what trs has taken from us unfortunately mm. is more of that is the necessity to do what what alonso did the smartness the 
I'll go in wide, so he has to go in tight, so I can double back, and it's all five corners ahead, and that put me here, and then he'll have to go there, and it's you know thirty seconds later where the the move is finished. You know, to 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 put it in soccer terms, it's like seeing someone go score a goal. It, just seeing the ball hit the net isn't isn't the isn't the 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 beauty of it. It's what got to there. You know, it's the, the getting the getting the ball forward, all everything that happens that results in the ball going in the net. Hitting it like the net isn't exciting. It's everything else that builds up to it. And I think that's what stood out for me when I watched it back. I, I'd seen a lot. I'd seen a certain amount of stuff on social media before we watched it. I didn't know the result, but I'd seen people waxing directly about Alonso, racing brain, amazing, amazing. And to be honest, when I watched it, I was expecting even more. Um, I did appreciate what he'd done and what happened in the last couple of laps, but it was... Um, it's just so rare. That's the sad thing about it. It's great. It's so fantastic to watch, but it's 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 so rare that that kind of hyped it up even more. I think, um, which Barrett, is a pity. Three, right? Uh, yeah, it is so rare that we see that type of battling in F one. Um, suppose what I'm asking you is that's pretty standard stuff for Fernando Alonso and like like as regard that type of drive that that's pretty standard for a driver at that level. Yeah, I mean to 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 go wide to make them go deep so that you know you put them offline so that they ultimately are out of the out of the rhythm the natural rhythm at a corner and then you kind of maximizing the way out. So yeah, it's it's I don't want to downplay it overly like when I'm not it was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but it was. It was stuff you'll see a lot of a, a lot of times in a lot of different levels of racing, mm. but you don't see it in F one. So people, so yeah, I think a lot of it's because of the arrest. Yeah. You don't see it in F one. Yeah. So I yeah. think for F one fans, it was phenomenal. For mm. motor racing fans, it was standard. You know, it was worth watching. It was really interesting. I won't say standard. That's definitely underselling it. And of course, they're doing it. At a higher speed and downforce, and against another highly ca- high caliber driver, so that in its own makes it a bit more special. But it 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 wasn't something you wouldn't see it, you know, in 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 other categories in yeah. of itself. But uh, but it was but what he did do, he executed perfectly, and that's mm. that was the Alonso magic coming through. I think, you know, I, I think Barry perhaps the I think what added to it certainly for me anyway, and I I do take your point because. All of the virtually all of the other overtaking in that race was all done in a straight line under under yeah. DRS, so it was simple enough for the drivers. So I yeah. do take your point when you say what you say. But what added to me was that was the twenty three laps that led up to it as well. The okay. defensive drive, the defensive drive. Bearing in mind he's up against the Red Bull, that another driver is just pissed off into the twilight zone with it, you know. And, it, and, and tell us, Mike, because I only driving. seen the highlight. I'll admit here, yeah. I only seen the highlights, yeah. and I mightn't have shown mm. all of that, and I'm sure it didn't. Mm. In fact, um, what, what was how was Perez not able to make effect, make good effect of the of the DRS to to, to get how, him? How did how did Hamilton in the best car on the grid a couple of years ago take so long to get past him while Alonso set the race win up for Ocon? Yeah, you know? yeah, I was at Hungary. Same, yeah, same, same, very same situation. He just he just drove so well. He knew he knew he didn't have the straight line speed, but he made sure he where he braked, where he placed his car. He completely. He just completely switched it over for, for, to, so that everything he done had an impact on what Perez was gotcha. trying to do. And, here, and it's back to that. If if we had less, maybe no DRS might be too big a stretch, but if we had less DRS... Well, that, certainly, that, you're right. That would happen that more. The DRS zone is huge in there. When, 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 you know, when cars could just drive past each other, arm out the window and pull in and still make the turn, then yeah. there's something... The DRS, is, DRS is just doing the overtaking. But you know? that's it, and this is where we fall, where we where we fall down with the DRS. It, you know, they they turn around, and they say, "Oh, we had X amount of overtakes this year at this track." Yeah. You yeah. should. Though. That's not what we want. Like, we no. if, you, if you have that's, DRS, you should have that. So of that's course. that's a cop out on their behalf, isn't it's, it? It's Surely? a it's a bad stat. It doesn't. It's not. A, it's you know. Um, but it's what DRS was brought in to do. The problem is, yeah. is it's. It's taken away from the ability to drive defensively and to drive to, to overtake in the way Barry is explaining. Because yeah. especially with the rules now, you're allowed to move once, but never yeah. under braking. So once you've come down that straight and you're under his rear wing, you jink, he goes, he can do no more. You just flip it out. Go go the other way. And it's done, you know? Yeah. 
And this yeah. is the just problem, like, because if, if you sit down and you said... Sorry, just, Richie, just right, about how, how Alonso managed to keep Perez behind him for 20-odd laps. Hmm. Like, in the slower corners leading up to the DRS on, like, if, if you go back, and I've I just seen a few highlights of it today on board with Alonso, he, like, he stops the car. He literally right. stops on the index. Yeah. Yeah. He, Perez comes in so hot, he has to actually move and gotcha. ends up running lead and just to avoid hitting him. Yeah, so, so he kills Perez's momentum then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is the yeah. thing, if we didn't have... If we didn't have the, you know, as a, again, the stat is always this amount of overtakes, which would you rather see? Would you rather see, you know, Alonso versus Perez up, discount the last lap, Mike, where they actually really passed mm. each other. Just just that kind of, you know, 200 mile an hour chess match and no, nobody passes anybody. It just stays that way. Or, and you say, oh, well, no, there's no overtakes. Or would you rather see a situation where he comes up behind him, hits a DRS button and overtakes him and goes, oh, well, that was an overtake. Like, which is more entertaining? To me, well, I want to, to see, me, what I want to see, a battle. What, I, what I'd love to see personally in F1, and I've said this before, take the DRS off the top 10, give it to the guys outside the top 10 to bring them into the top 10. Yeah. Um, I want to see... Like you, you made a very bad, valid point there. Like you know, these guys are racing at two hundred mile an hour in a car that's two meters wide and five meters long, and they're going toe to toe like that. Right? That's phenomenal in itself. But what, what me personally, what I'd love to see is a Formula Ford race of Formula One cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just that closeness. Mm. Yeah, without the, without the advantages, it, it, it's it's a tricky one. I think there's DRS just needs to be pulled back. They just need to get it. There's, there probably is a place for it to some extent, but we don't want it. We don't be giving me stats of how many overtakes there were. Like, I mean, that's like you know, it's fabricated. Like, I mean, it, it is. is. You don't expect it if it's there for it. Irvine said it years ago. I remember seeing an interview, and I might have said this in the pod before that he says if you go fishing, you know. You go fishing and you're waiting and you're doing, you know, you're setting your baits and you're doing all the rest of it and you catch a fish. There's excitement. It's it's a rarity. Of some description, it's a rarity. If you go fishing and every time you drop the rod into the water, you pull out another fish. Yeah, it's great for a while, but you know, it's not it's not it's not the sport in of itself, you know. And and again, I can't believe I'm using two soccer analogies in the one show, but it's probably the same with the matches I've ever watched. He does watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of it. But like would you rather watch a, a match that was, you know, 10-10 or something where they're just literally running up and down the field and kicking it into the person's goal or watch a, a nil-all draw that's just, you know, really tight and well played? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm asking the question. Which, which I'm not is better? Sure. I'm not sure. Does, does it always, does it necessarily have to be either or either? Like, I mean, yeah. would there be exceptions to that rule? You know, and that's maybe where your, your point is about adjusting the, the DRS slightly that it might lead to more of a balance within that. I'm not I'm not quite sure either. But what I would like to talk about, guys, is the sprint format. Now that we've a couple of years of it under our belt, and that's it, I think, for this year. Um, I was sceptical of it at the start. I know we've done a little bit of talking about it, but I'm not quite sure that we do much of it this year. How do we feel now that we are where we are with it? I, I'll give my take on it first. And I don't have the greatest knowledge that you guys have. But I have found the weekends to be, to be entertaining. I think they've offered something, for sure. Um, I'd love to actually chat to someone, I suppose someone that's in the know that has been to a lot of the races this year and probably someone then that's just an ordinary Joe. So just to see what the feeling is like among people that are at the race, but certainly watching on from home, they seem to have offered a little bit of value anyway. I mean, you know, you've got your, your three practice sessions, your quality and your race versus your practice and your quality on your Friday, your sprint, you know, excitement is overtakes and you've got your, your, your longer version of it or whatever in simple terms. And the latter just seems to be that bit more exciting. But I think from watching it and seeing it um, unfold, I think it's actually after adding something to it. And I wasn't quite sure to start. Where are you guys at? I absolutely love it. I have to yeah. say, I love it. Um, you only have to look at Alan Gow and the British Tone Car format. And he has a simple philosophy. Uh, short races and plenty of them over the weekend. So 
for anyone that doesn't know, British Touring Cars do tr- three races on a Sunday. Sunday morning, Sunday lunchtime, Sunday evening. Um, it's one of the best formats of racing I watch. I, I, I love British Touring Cars. I love the sprint format. So you ask any fan, what do you want to watch? Uh, yeah. A free practice tree or a sprint race? Yeah, and it's, that, it's that's it in a nutshell. No, Brenner. That's it in a nutshell. I mean, yeah. I think what sometimes happens is people go, oh, the sprint race was rubbish. You know, it didn't, you know, it was. And you go, okay, it might have been. Was it worse than a, than a P3 from a spectating point of view? Sure can't no. be. No, Even though, like the, if if there's one thing happens in it, it's more interesting than a, than a, than a P three. So don't compare it again. Don't compare sprint races against you know the best Grand Prix you've ever seen. Compare it to a, a, a free practice tree. That's because yeah. that's what it's replaced. That's the one to one. And the same for sprint sprint qualifying. Compare it to pre, to practice two. You know, yeah. on their own merits, there'll be good ones and bad ones. Of course, there will. But it's like comparing a Grand Prix to a yeah. to a free practice four, which doesn't exist, obviously. You know what I mean? It's still even a bad Grand Prix is a good Grand Prix compared to a bit of testing. So yeah. I, I I'd be Richie. I you know it's it's not perfect. Um, I would love to see them scrapping the qualifying first, the sprint mm-hmm. qualifying. Um, I I think it gets a little bit front heavy on the weekend. In having three sessions before Saturday is over, so if you're qualifying, your sprint qualifying, and then your race, it just seems a bit front loaded of a yeah. weekend, um, to, and then just just the race on the Sunday. But the real reason I'd like to see it squashed or got rid of is run your regular qualifying maybe on the Saturday morning instead of sprint qualifying on your Saturday. So leave your practice, leave your Friday with no qualifying Saturday run your qualifying just as you always did, maybe a little bit earlier in the day. Um, that qualifying session sets the grid for the Grand Prix, just like it used to always on a Saturday on a regular weekend. Reverse it, that qualifying session for the sprint race. Yeah. Just completely reverse it. Completely reverse it for the sprint race. Would you take no out one is going well, to... Huh? Would you take out DRS for it as well? I'm not trying to start shite now. I'm genuinely for which? For, for, the, for, the, for the sprint qualifying? Yeah, so you said... Or for the sprint race. Flip, flip it for yeah. the sprint race. Um, so in doing so, would you also take out the DRS? Hadn't thought of that, but it's... It's an option. Yeah. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the beauty of what F1 have got across... Like, the, F1 for so long was stuck in the mud and wouldn't, wouldn't and couldn't because of its own legis- legislation mm-hmm. change things. Now it can so why not? Why try? Let's say let's try it for for a weekend, you know. But but I think I think having sprint qualify or Grand Prix qualifying, sprint qualifying, and sprint race, it's coming a little bit too fast. Yeah. Over your over a over a twenty four hour period, which is what or less yeah. is what you know. It's probably over a twenty hour period that they're getting those three things in. Um. So, sprint qual regular qualifying. No one is going to give up. No one's going to try and qualify tenth. So that they're in the middle for boat races because the points are still vastly awarded on a, on a Sunday, mm. um, and and reverse it and then maybe change the sprint, um, change the sprint point system to reflect how many cars you overtake, as opposed to where you finish. So, yeah. if, you know, so if you do qualify on pole, like Formula Four, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're mm. getting you're getting a bit mm. of a you know you're getting so it still hasn't has to be worth a lot less than what the Grand Prix is, but you're getting some sort of in a, in effect you're you're winning both ways because if you qualify on pole for the Grand Prix, you have your best chance to score maximum points. If you by extension, you, that meant you have to start the sprint at the back, yeah. and you've got the most cars in front of you to potentially score the most amount of points. You couldn't give it a point per car because then you'd have 20 points if you won the race. But yeah, there could be yeah. something, some some element of it could, could be done. Yeah, I, I look, I think it's great because I think it's, it's there's no strategy. It's there's, there's no whether we do one stop, two stop or what we do. It's you simply strap on the tires you think are the best ones and then it's fucking head down, arse up and go for it. Go, right? Yeah. And and I, I do like that, but I do I do agree. I do think Barry has a bit of an idea there that would, would I'd love to see them look at because one thing I had hoped that the sprint race would do would be bring the cars at the back of the field 
more into it because with less time to test and set up mm -hmm. that, that, you know, to take, take that set up and testing away from the front runners might just give the, one of the back, back markers might just click and get something right and find themselves in the middle there having a good go. It hasn't happened. It was, I think it was better. It was better last year for doing that than it is this year. I think the more the do of them, the more that, you know, the more, informed they're becoming in terms of getting that set up right okay i think mercedes cropped it up but uh i maybe even leclerc when he set the right the locked in the right height and got it wrong um what what, what mercedes said was the wind that changed and with a full fuel load when they locked in the height between the change of the gusts of the wind and the full fuel load the car became it starts striking the floor so Take all those opportunities away from them. Force the front-running teams to take those risks, and maybe would the would the slower teams click on the day, get something right, and get in the middle and have a go. And even for the sprint race, they're never going to do it for for a full F one, but for twenty four laps, they just might. Just and especially if they've if they've been yeah. brought to the front of the grid too, you know, Absolutely. they might be quick. They mightn't yeah. be quick enough to qualify there and race there, but they might be quick enough to to hang on. Yeah, and make it a bit, make a bit of sport out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so. problem you have there is, is that will only happen one or two weekends before the big boys figure it out how That's to it. get around that situation. But mm. in, in on in the same breath, wouldn't it be great to see a Williams win a race or a Haas win a race because some of the bigger guys just haven't it figured out yet? So. Like there's pros and cons to it. Um, seriously, there is. Mm. Absolutely, keep the sprint race format. I would introduce it into a lot more race weekends if I hadn't got to do with it. Um, yeah, Barry's point is, yeah, yeah, it's a good suggestion, good idea. I do think I take the DRS away from the top ten. And give it to the bottom ten for the sprint race and the main race for that matter. But uh, it's worth um, a shot, wouldn't it? Give it a go. Yeah, See, you know, yeah, like, uh, you got to lose at this stage, like. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the, the to to your point, Mike, where you were saying that the the cars the, in the sprint races last year there was a little bit more topsy turvy. We got to remember is this is the second year of the the current yeah. regs, so. There's a lot of the learning is done. They, okay, they're twenty. They're this year's cars, but they're an evolution of last year's cars. So they're they're fine tuning all the time, and that's what. So the, the, so they know more basically yeah. than they did last year. Um, and they can obviously revert back to last year's data. But the uh, lights out. <laughs> You're back. Uh, Your volume's gone, but your picture's back. Yeah, whatever's going on, I'm not quite sure what's happened. Yeah. Yeah, as well, Rabbit, you dirty bastard. <laughs> yeah, he's gone, though. He's gone, though. Do you know what? Hopefully, mm. we can get back before we finish up. But I think we are nearly finished up anyway, guys, Um, to be quite honest with you. And it's been yeah. a very. Huh? That's coming to the day here. Yeah, yeah. It's been a very enjoyable conversation. Um, We want to say well done to Barry, Keith, and Shane Rabbit. And, um, look, guys, I want, to, I want to thank you as well. For your company, along with Barry, who's uh, just popped off the screen, um, we will be back after Vegas in a couple of weeks' time. Not that we're going to Vegas, unfortunately, but we'll uh, have a bit more insight as to what it's all about and the racing. <laughs> and we'll speak to you all very, very soon. And until then, take care. <laughs>